Well, we're going to get started in just a few moments here. Uh, but one thing uh, to throw out to you, if, if during uh, tonight, tomorrow, next Friday, next Saturday morning, if you have questions about the gifts of the Spirit, you, you can write them on a piece of paper, write them on something, bring them down front, give them to Nicole, and then we'll figure out a way to get them up here and, and possibly get some of them answered. So again, if you have questions while this is going on, write them down, bring them down to Nicole, and uh, we'll get them a part of what we are doing. Now, hey, praise God. I got my little, did you see my new Buck Ugly Bible? Yeah. That looks like Tennessee soil. I was going to say anything, but anyways, yeah, I think it looks good. Wet Tennessee soil. You like it? Okay. being nice. Yeah, he's being nice. Hallelujah. Huh? The reason I have Kylan and uh, Rob up here is for the simple fact that sometimes when we get questions, different insight, it helps us understand the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, so let me first start out. I can only start out where I'm at. I can never, uh, you know, having read, look at, studied, begged for, wrestled with, uh, the operation of the gifts of the spirit, uh, the realm of the supernatural, uh, I decided that I could find it for myself, but I probably would not find it through somebody else. And so uh, all of the writings of, uh, on the gifts of the spirit have been great through the uh, generations that have preceded us, but they are pretty well scoped in the same cookie cutter. Uh, they tell us what they are, but nobody tells us how to apprehend them or have them active in our life. So my journey started uh, about uh, 18 years ago uh, out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, this 18 years, God dealt me when I first come into ministry. And you will find over the life of your Christian walk with God, that God will set up patterns. Patterns are ways that he talks to you. And they many times will be in the same uh, time frames. And uh, those are established by God. The Bible says that God establishes and changes, Daniel, the second chapter, the times and the seasons. So uh, God will deal with us in certain times of our lives. Like uh, one of mine is at my birthday. Uh, God thinks it's important, and I think everybody's birthday is important. It changes the spiritual catalyst of the world every time someone is born. Uh, but 18 years ago when I first got saved, God spoke to me, and he called me. And that was a, a visitation of the Lord. 
uh, about a year and a half later after that, God spoke to me about uh, being a light to this area. So that was another visitation. Then 18 years later, God puts on the inside of me a hunger and a thirst for the supernatural. It had been there before, and he would, he would show me signs and wonders. Miracles would happen periodically. But it was not consistently, and it was not me uh, moving in and out of him and discovering how to connect with him like I'm going to share with you. Uh, but in that 18, after that 18-year period of time, God put this inside of me, and uh, I just got so desperate that I said these words, not that I would have done it, but when I said it, I meant it. And I said, God, if I don't get a touch from you, then I'm going to die seeking to find you. I'm going to kill myself or you're going to kill me. I mean, I was just so desperate, I didn't know what else to say. At that time, I informed my church that I would uh, be preaching on Monday, uh, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, but I would not be counseling and so forth with them until I really discovered what I believed. Lots of times Christians believe what we are fed, but they never ever believe what they dig out. And faith does not come from agreeing with what somebody else says. Faith comes from hearing what God has to say to you. And we read lots of books, and lots of books are just uh, hearing God's echo of faith to someone else's life. And, uh, and a lot of times those things are never going to see us through because they don't have the faith that that individual had when they heard it. So it's, it's a kind of regurgitated faith, and it's kind of like we become uh, parrots mimickers of those that have experienced God. So at this 18-year period, God speaks to me and puts this in my heart. I tell my congregation, and for 18 months, I set myself apart with my prayer partner, um, which was Calvin Schneider. Calvin was my prayer partner for 25 years. Uh, you know, 18 of them was spent in this journey to find God. And uh, Calvin since has died. Uh, he's in heaven. And, uh, you know, somebody would say, well, why did he? What? I have no idea. I don't know why people die, why they don't die. I do know what I believe. I believe that by the stripes of Jesus Christ we're healed. And uh, men's uh, mistakes or mishaps or overwhelming uh, circumstances, I don't know. I'm not their God, and I don't answer for their faith. But I know none of them now would ever accuse God of being unfaithful or a killer. So at the, at, when I went on this, I went on uh, prayer time that I would begin to seek God at 5.30 in the morning till 11 o'clock every day. And so I would meet Calvin and uh, Calvin and I would begin to pray. And uh, Calvin prayed with me.
for those 18 months. And after 18 months uh, in my office, uh, I was walking through my office. Now, my office then consisted of a regular office, but then I had a prayer room that I prayed 9 by 12. And uh, I was coming through my office, and you have my bookshelf. Jesus came walking through that bookshelf and spoke to me. And he spoke to me and he said, I'm setting you in the realm of the miraculous from this day forward. And he put a crown on my head, ring on my finger, and a robe on my back. I don't know why he did that. Maybe it was that that's what I believed would happen. I have no idea. But I know that it was a time that when he appeared to me in that small vision, he said these words. Now you can take this as me appearing to you, or you can take it and just continue what you're doing in life. Because everything has to have faith mixed with it. So I took it as a visitation from God. And uh, immediately... I uh, started setting up meetings because in that 18-month interim, I uh, had canceled all my meetings. I wasn't preaching. I wasn't doing anything. I was just simply praying and seeking God. I had a mission. I was either going to die or I was going to get touched with God. And uh, so God touched me in that uh, 18 months. And in that 18 months, at the end of it, God showed me a dream, a vision. I was sitting at my desk, and all of a sudden, I had a pearl of a, a necklace of pearls around my neck. And uh, it looked nice, but it wasn't doing anything. Then all of a sudden, that pearl necklace snapped. And the gift, these uh, pearls went everywhere. They're bouncing like jelly beans off of concrete and they went everywhere and I, I just started trying to watch them and God spoke to me and said son the gifts of the spirit are the adornment of the bride no other religion is adorned with such pearls of a great price and we understand that Jesus brought the Holy Ghost to men by the redemptive plan by the blood and uh, so these nine gifts were like an adornment for the church no other religion carries these adornments other uh, religions and churches and so forth might carry certain things that would earmark them but they would never carry something that would earmark them as belonging to God and that's what the gifts of the Spirit do. They earmark the church. They are the adorning of the bride. It's kind of like the circumcision to Israel. You had those in your, if you had a circumcision, you could never deny the covenant that God had with you. Well, Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also. And these works that Jesus did were based not only in faith, but in the nine pearls that adorned him as being the representative of God. Not only was it his robe without seam, not only was it the miracles that if when the Messiah comes, will he do any more miracles than these?
And Jesus says, the miracles I do, I do not by myself, but by the Spirit of the Father that dwells in me. So those things were given to you and I as an adornment of identification. And so the gifts of the Spirit are one of the identifying factors of the church. Uh, nobody can be identified as being a representative of Christ without question when the gifts of the Spirit are operated in their life. Now, without the gifts, you could be challenged. But with the gifts, you can never be challenged. Uh, so, there are nine gifts of the Spirit, and they are divided up in three segments, traditionally. And uh, we aren't going to try to destroy that facet about the revelation of the gifts, but we do want to acknowledge them, that uh, you have three classes of gifts. Each gift consists of three gifts. Three times three, of course, are nine. Uh, God uses these as connecting points with each other. In other words, every gift kind of is shattered over by another gift. We divide them just to teach. But, in fact, they are all one because they are the Spirit of God. And so you can divide them, but really you couldn't have any of them without him. And so the first one uh, is what we call, what would you, the vocal. Is that what? The gifts of revelation. The gifts of revelation. Uh, so you would call them vocal or gifts of revelation? Verbal. Verbal, gifts. Yeah. verbal gifts. Verbal gifts. Okay. Yeah. They say something. They reveal something. They confirm something. Uh, it is laced with the... Uh, encouraging or the uplifting or the repairing or the gelling of somebody's faith. Yeah. Uh, it consists of the gift of tongues. It consists of the gift of prophecies. And it consists of the gift of interpretation of tongues. Now, when, when we talk about the simplicity of this, you may think that, well, I've heard all of that. Or you might have heard it. But usually we hear it from people that never, ever operate in them. And uh, this will get on you and it will get in you. And you'll find the gifts manifesting themselves uh, when you come out from under this. And then there are, uh, well, the vocal gifts. And then there are the revelation gifts, which reveal something, which is the word of wisdom. Uh, the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of discerning of spirits. And we'll talk about at length about all of these here. And the next and the last class of the gifts are the power gifts. They do something or they undo something. Uh, the power gifts uh, are something that most of us want. That's what we see and we are, we are moved to faith by them. The gift of faith, the gift of faith is not faith that comes by hearing. It, it comes by depositing. Uh, and it is used for a purpose. It doesn't last forever. It's used for a purpose or to accomplish one act or one deed. 
It is the gifts of healing, which is plural, and the gifts of the working of miracles. Now, those are three classes, the verbal, the revelation, and the power gifts. And these gifts are revealed uh, and confirmed, confirms Jesus' identity to the world and to you and I. Now, let's think about what I just said. The gifts of the Spirit confirm the identity of Jesus Christ. They do not confirm man except to confirm that he is identified as a servant 